is our pleasure to welcome to the show, as I uh, referenced him earlier, the new hotshot rookie writer. Oh, yeah. Welcome to town. AZCardinals.com. <laughs> <laughs> Ken Summers joining us on the Arizona Sports Like, Good morning, Ken. We had you on last week. You were retired. This week, you're not retired anymore. <laughs> yeah, like like uh, a lot of retired guys, I picked up this uh, part-time gig. Yeah, to get, right. me, get me out of the house, sort of. Yeah. yeah. We're going to write a column a week for the Cardinals website, do some pre- and post-game radio for them, maybe nice. a, a little video. So, yeah, it should, should, be, should be fun. I'm excited about it. Well, it beats being a crossing guard or volunteering at a minor league baseball stadium, you know, stuff like that. It's <laughs> <sound> good. <laughs> yeah, I could be doing something, I guess, more constructive, like teaching kids to read or something. Right, I'm right. Volunteering right. at the hospital, but... <laughs> All right, so what? Uh, well, no, you're back to doing what you, what you should be doing. That's writing and talking about football. So let, let's talk a little football. Um, the quarterback situation for week one, have you ever seen anything like this where a guy like Josh Dobbs comes in and may not have played a preseason game or had a training camp snap and yet is the week one starter? No, no. I, I'm, I've been trying to think of, you know, all the situations I've covered just with the Cardinals and there have been plenty, but this is this is unique. You know, I, I can't really think of anything like it, you know, and the only thing more surprising or, or startling development, I guess, would, would have been back in the day where you know, Ken Wisenhunt benched Matt Leinert mm. after practices at Tennessee and went with Derek Anderson, who, you know, basically came here to be a backup and sort of prepared as a backup. And all of a sudden he's the, he's the starter. And then there was all that drama with Matt. I mean, there, there have been other circumstances, but this is, this is really, really different for sure. So to either go with, with Dobbs or a rookie and Clayton tune for that, that first week and, uh, you know, in Washington, against a really good defensive front it's a it's a you know a daunting proposition but you know that's that's kind of what this preseason has been for the cardinals we've seen time and again when when given a choice they're going to go with the they're going to go with the young guy or with the new guy kent summers our guest here on the arizona sports line of course a lot of this uh Clayton Toon, Joshua Dobbs talk is just leading up to the, I, I, I want to say, inevitable return of Kyler Murray. There seems to be growing speculation now that maybe Murray's going to take his time to get back. And Jonathan Gannon said when he's mentally and physically re- ready to play, he will play. I mean, how do you how do you sum up that whole situation as it stands right now in terms of, uh, especially, Kent, if the Cardinals get off to a slow start, what is the impetus for, for Kyler Murray to get back that quickly? Well, I, I, I think there's a lot, both for the organization and and for Kyler. I, I think he's got something to prove, you know, and, and, and to come back, you know, to himself coming over a, or coming back from a serious knee injury and overcoming that physical and mental hurdle. I think he needs to do it for himself. And I think the organization needs to find out about him. Um, and I, I think he's going to play. I think it makes too much sense for, for both sides. I don't think Kyler Murray's in a position where he could say, oh, okay, let's just, let's blow off 2023 and I'll come back in 2024. And I don't think the Cardinals are in that position. They've got to find out about the guy. And, you know, if, if Kyler Murray comes back and plays lights out in the second half of the season – this organization is in great position, you know, because then they could, can go take a Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, with a high pick and you you pair him with Kyler Murray going down the road. And even if Kyler Murray doesn't come back or he's not close to the same player, they're still in a good position with what looks like will be two 
high draft picks, but they, they've got to find out about him, and Kyler Murray's got to find that out about himself, I think. No doubt about that. All right, I want to ask you about this burner phone controversy, and it'd be a shame if it cost Monty Austin Ford some draft capital, given the fact that he, he really uh, needs it and he seems adept with it. What are the lessons to be learned out of all of this, and, and do you think the Cardinals can effectively transition out of what really digressed into a period of extreme dysfunction into a new era of football? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard for them to put this behind them and totally get out of the news as this, you know, drags along and, and depositions are taken and the, the context or content of depositions are leaked to the media. And I know the Cardinals came back with saying, hey, you know, we weren't able to cross-examine Steve Wilkes. You know, that's the case they made to the arbiter and the arbiter, you know, agreed with them and said this isn't admissible as I understand it. But yeah, it's a it's an ugly situation to play out in public, um, and you know. And I, I guess the ultimate question is, you know, what did Michael Bidwell know, and when did he know it? You know, did, and did he participate in, in this? Because obviously, you know, somebody, some people with the Cardinals participated in it when they shouldn't have. You know, Steve Kime, Steve Wilkes. You know, Steve Wilkes, I think, is an honorable person. I mean, he he's not going to make up stories. Um, about this, but it's it's going to be hard for them to completely put this um, behind them. I think this is this is you know going to drag out with with people leaking things to the media bit by bit. I, I think it's going to be a painful slow drip for for the Cardinals for a while. In terms of what what Bick brought up, Kent, you know the possible penalties uh, from, from these findings, this uh, investigation after all these depositions. To your knowledge, is there any similar precedent set on, on what? has come out in terms of, of penalties for such behavior? <laughs> no, no, I, I, I don't. I mean, I, I, I guess you could turn to, you know, the, the league's handling of the Washington commanders and, and Daniel Snyder. I don't think this come close to rising to that level. Yeah. However, um, you know, that, that was years and years and that was, <clears throat> you know, alleged sexual harassment and, uh, you know, and, and, and abuse of, of team employees. I, I don't know that this rises to that level, but I don't know that there's a precedent for it um, either. Or if the league's even, if, if the league is even looking into it, but, but obviously some, something happened and, you know, I, I don't know if the league ignores it or if they, you know, it ends up punishing the Cardinals. I think it all goes back to, you know, can the league determine that, you know, how big a role, if any role, Michael Bidwell plays? Yeah, exactly. All right. When you take a look at Jonathan Gannon, I, I think one of the difficult things is, is how do you build culture? How do you how do you sell a plan to a group of men as a first year head coach when you don't get the results on Sunday? Your thoughts on that and, and maybe what strikes you about this football team after a few preseason games? you can I think you can build it I think players are <clears throat> excuse me realistic and and you know I think when you fill your roster with young players or veteran players <clears throat> excuse me trying to <clears throat> make a you know make a, a, a their way in in the NFL those guys are going to be self self-motivated and I, but I I think players are realistic about where this organization is I go back to you know a couple of years ago with the Lions with Dan Campbell um, you know, when obviously players were buying in, but they weren't getting the results on game day. They were losing a lot of close games because they just hadn't been there before. or They just weren't good enough 
at certain positions. I, I think that's the goal for the Cardinals this year. And that's the goal for Jonathan Gannon is, you know, to build, you know, continue to build credibility within, you know, your own roster, but really throughout the league, because, you know, next year, they not only have draft picks, but they're going to have a lot of money. There are a lot of money under the cap, mm-hmm. you know, so, so if they want to go out and be bold in free agency, they can be, but do free agents want to come here? And, you know, I think that's the goal. That, that's part of what Jonathan Gavin can establish this year is, is making a somewhat of a reasonable destination for, for uh, you know, uh, free agents who could come in and help right away. Kent, always good to have you on the show. Congrats yeah, on the welcome, uh, new Rook. gig. Look, look, yeah, <laughs> looking forward to reading the column on azcardinals.com.